0: Welcome back to the Weekend Ball Podcast. Uh, we've went on a little hiatus for about six months, but uh, you know, with the Canadian women's national team back playing, I thought I'd transfer over from uh, men's basketball to some women's basketball, uh, and we're doing our first post game podcast after Canada beats Hungary sixty seven fifty five in a in a very important game, and now Canada's only one win away from making the Olympics, and I'm very excited to be joined by editor in chief of Raptors HQ. Chelsea late. Thanks so much for doing this Chelsea. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm happy after that win. It was a nice strong start from the team, so
0: Were were you at all worried just like in midway through the the second quarter when the game got a bit closer and then in the third?
1: Um maybe just a little bit because I know a couple of the players on the Hungarian team and I know that they have the ability to just pop off um but I also knew that you know we have a really strong Canadian team and that we're really deep in terms of like depth so um I wasn't too worried um you know it's always not it's not very fun when the games get close in the end so I was happy that in the second half we were able to just kind of like keep making the gap larger so
0: What were some of the takeaways for you just like in the game and and what are like the the players that maybe jumped out to you?
1: Yeah, I think maybe the thing that kind of jumped out the most for me was how active Canada was on the glass, which uh, I thought was really great. Um, It was kind of the factor in them being able to get up so far ahead because Hungary's biggest assets were their bigs. They have two really great bigs. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's a little worrisome when, you're not rebounding and you're giving them the chance to have those second chance opportunities. But Canada was able to really be active on the glass in particular, Kayla Alexander, um, and just was able to not only like stop Hungary from getting second chance opportunities, but also make sure that like Canada got those as well. And when you're not shooting very well from three, it's just, that's what you need to be doing. And so I think they kind of balanced that um, kind of struggle on the perimeter with being able to be really active in the paint. Um, And then in terms of players that stood out to me, I mean, Kayla Alexander has been a mainstay in this program for years. Bridget Carlton played really well. But the one that surprises, not surprises, but I think I get a lot of enjoyment out of is watching Silas Swords out there, you know, 18 years old, senior in high school, and she's out there like, you know, just toughing it up with these EuroLeague players and these WNBA players and um so that's just really fun I think for me and it's something that you know is fun I think for Canadians to see as we continue to just um get some really great players coming out of Canada
0: How surprised were you that just that LaPena went to her so early in the you know the first and second quarter and she had like extended like played I think 10 minutes so like had a little bit of a time out there
1: yeah I know it's great I mean you have um, you know, a little bit more of an ability to to do that with Kia Nurse being out. Um, you know, and Canada lacking a bit of um, their power in the backcourt. Um, and I mean, she's one of those players who's playing really well, despite the fact that she's in high school. Like she's she just got named a McDonald's All American. So, I mean, if you have someone like that who's just popping off, and you want to give them a couple minutes and um, relieve some of your starters who are probably playing a lot, you know, maybe heavier minutes right now with. The loss of nurse
0: then might as myself. Well. Yeah, the player that really jumped out to me was Natalie Chanwa, and I, I'm sure you saw the. I think you tweeted about the, uh, the at the half the little thing about her and her son Maverick, and how awesome it was just to see that, um, and the love that she shows to to Maverick. But she was awesome. Like she was everywhere. I thought defensively, she really stood her, her herself with you know the the six ten uh, woman for hungry as well, guarding her primarily for long points of of time and on offense she was really good really good pump fake that her her patented pump fake that worked a couple times to get to the basket so i really like her game pardon me Did you
1: see her spin move her spin move was i was like yeah okay, let's go yeah
0: she has those those uh like her her footwork's so good where it just feels like she's kind of tap dancing out there and and really quick and and agile on her feet for like a pretty broad and strong woman she's very agile yeah. Yeah. But um, what what do you think about like Carlton? Cause I thought she had a really interesting game because she didn't, she wasn't draining many shots until maybe late in the game where she made a couple threes, but she really brought on the defensive end, had three steals, had a block, just was everywhere, but really brought some energy. I thought, even though maybe the offense wasn't falling.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially when you're transitioning um into FIBA hoops, I think that, the sometimes the offense takes a little bit longer to get there as opposed to the defense and so um, I mean I think Canada did a really great job of using that to their advantage and being really really active on defense they had a lot like she had a couple great steals Sammy Hill had a couple great steals Sila had a couple great steals so I think they were just trying to turn their defense into offense and um, I mean, that's one of the key factors to them getting ahead in this game was the fact that they were able to just get in there and stop Hungary from being able to go on any sort of run. Um, so, I mean, I think Hungary only had like one run in the entire game. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, someone as skilled and as, uh, experienced as Bridget, she's going to be able to figure out, you know, maybe if the shots aren't going in, what else she can do to impact the game and, um, you know, I know she's really trusted on all of her teams to be active on defense. And, you know, when you're leading a team like that, you just have to go out there and do whatever you can. And eventually the shots came in. So I think it's just one of those cases of a slow start. And you see it on the men's side, you see it on the women's side. FIBA hoops is so different from WNBA, NBA, EuroLeague, even um, because, you know, the rules are different and the ball is different. And you know, you're playing against different styles and players and stuff. So um, it tech, like it. you know, you see it a lot where it takes a little bit of time to get uh, kind of acclimated.
0: And on that as well, just the fact that they haven't played as a group for, I think November was the last time and it wasn't exactly the same squad. So just having the first game and they didn't have any uh, friendlies that I knew of, at least in Vienna before. So it makes sense that especially on offense, as you said, the defense kind of maintains itself while the offense takes a little while to to get into the gears and what i really liked just was you know with the veterans and we talked about alexander achanwa carlton but they're so big too on defense like they're just swarming you have a bunch of of length out there and you really notice it even against Hungary with their length as well it really matched up well and i think they were probably more athletic so they forced a lot of turnovers i just saw that Hungary finished the game with 17 turnovers. And I think that's what LaPena wanted was a lot of kind of up in their, in their face, trying to be very aggressive pressure. And as you said, that they, they forced those turnovers to create the offense. And even though their half court sets weren't, weren't the greatest, yeah. but uh, that's, that's to be expected after not playing for, for a while.
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean, you think about the individual players on this team and what their skill sets are. I mean, you have all these players who are like defensive first minded players Um, Players who are really good in the paint and stuff like that. So it made sense that that was where the game kind of went. And it was nice that that kind of like matched up in a way that made it really hard for Hungary to get ahead. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought the guards kind of grew into the game a little bit, like Naira Fields and and Shea Collie. Like to start the game, they were a bit, I think Fields made a couple nice shots, but it it felt a bit more sporadic. But as the game, especially in the third quarter, and especially the fourth they really grew into it and I thought Collie kind of found her game especially at the end even though she had a little injury scare and uh yeah. still found herself
1: yeah definitely that was very worrisome because again this team is lacking experienced guards a little bit I mean you have Carlton out there you have Sammy Hill out there who's a great guard um but you know you're missing Nurse and some of your other guards are younger Um, so it's a little scary to see a potential injury, but yeah, she came back in and, um, you know, like, like anything, it's going to take time and these players, especially for the ones who are sometimes in the tournaments and then sometimes aren't like the ones who kind of come in and out of the team, it's extremely impressive to see them, be able to just integrate themselves back into the system despite maybe missing some time or going you know especially the players who were were just playing on European teams last week and having to come and like play a completely new system in just a couple of days it's extremely impressive so I think that's why these first games are always kind of interesting I mean you saw in the game before that Japan beat Spain which is a huge shocker and it just kind of proves that these especially the first games you never know what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: no for sure. What do you think about just the difference for some of the players like the WNBA players you haven't played in a long time but then those like Kayla Alexander who literally just got in from playing in France. Like for you how what's more difficult or or what's the bigger challenge to be tired and jump into a new system or or kind of be more prepared after a long layoff but be rusty?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think some of the the ones that are coming to mind that haven't been playing in europe are i think like Natalie chanwa uh Emma here and like nurse though she's not playing but um i mean i honestly think it would be a bit harder to just transition right from playing i mean you're tired the season is very long in europe um and then at least if you are coming off of a break and you've still been training right it's not like you're just not doing anything you're training every day you're working on your body you're um you know practicing and uh, trying to integrate yourself into the system that you know you're about to go into. Um, so I think it would be a bit harder just to completely have to switch from one league to another in the span of like a week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there's, I think there's only one NCAA player on the roster right now. Um, so yeah, even that's like a another huge difference in play. And so I do think it would be a bit harder to have to like fly in new country, new system. You just played like a couple days ago. You're tired
0: yeah, no, for sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, either way, I think for all of the the women, it's such an adjustment just because of the short turnaround and regardless, right, just to have a camp for essentially a week, not even with everyone and then go into it. And that's that's kind of the challenge of FIBA basketball is a lot of times those quick turnarounds don't get to grow. And then it's like win or go home, right? And You can kind of see that with the men this summer, but they had way more length, uh, like, runway than the women here, and it's it's always impressive to see. So going into uh, the Spain game, like, what do you think Canada needs to really work on going into that game?
1: I think first and foremost is their three-point shooting. Um, I think it was definitely a little disappointing to only see the first one go in in the third quarter. Um, But, like, you know, to repeat again, it's those slow starts to – with FIBA and that's you know something that you should expect but I think tomorrow they'll come off and maybe be a little bit more active um from the perimeter um and you know Spain is a really talented team and they're going to be probably honestly kind of pissed that they lost today so you have a lot of WNBA talent on Spain as well you have a lot of players who um you know play all year round who are really tough who play in the WNBA have a lot of size um they're definitely going to come with a lot of perimeter shooting as well so I think Canada just needs to not only take the energy that they had today on defense but also match that a little bit more with more um shooting and just keep really active on the glass and you know um it, it might be a little bit of a closer game tomorrow morning just knowing these two teams and how closely matched they are in terms of talent um but it's gonna be exciting and you know I don't think it'll be, it's not impossible for Canada to win. At, no.
0: Would you consider them the underdogs going into the game?
1: Um, I honestly think it's a little bit evenly matched. Uh, maybe Spain has a little bit more size, but um, overall, I do think, you know, these are the number four and five ranked teams in the world. Um, so when you think about that, they're pretty evenly matched, um, you know, I want to say pure underdogs, maybe missing nurse kind of doesn't help them, but, um, you know, it'll definitely depend on where Spain's head is, I think, going in after losing today and um, if that loss was maybe a fluke or if, you know, they're not maybe as together as they should be going into this tournament. So.
0: and to be glass half full for Canada, like they got the kinks out. They'll be, you know, more ready to to kind of play. Hopefully if they make a couple more threes, like they shot so badly from three, if they make three more, the game's a 20 point blowout, which it kind of was by the end, but maybe more so by halftime rather than a bit more narrower of a lead. What just, there is a very good chance. Like we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves that Canada makes the Olympics. Yeah. Just what do you think that would mean for you know women's basketball in this country to to make the olympics for the fourth consecutive year be a medal favorite or or contender after making coming fourth at the last world cup just what do you think about that chelsea
1: yeah i mean it's just like a testament to how the canadian basketball programs have been growing in the past few years i mean this canadian women's program has been so consistent over the past like 10 years They've always kind of been in the mix. They've always been, you know, they're potentially going to their fourth straight Olympics. And I think we're at a point now where the media coverage is matching the talent of this team. And I think we're at a point now where it would be so fun to have both teams there. You know, it definitely would be extremely disappointing to have the men there and not the women. Yeah. Um, and so I think it would just be so great to be able to, share these women's stories at the Olympics to be able to see, I mean, Natalie Achanwa would be, I think the first Canadian to go to four straight Olympics. Um, you know, and I think it would just be a celebration of the progress that this program has made. And also just like a clear, um, I guess, sign that this team is going to compete for the next like long time. Like they have the talent now, but they also have the talent coming up. And so um, they just, uh, it's so exciting to watch both of the programs thrive at the same time. I think for a while, the women have been kind of on the up and the men yep. are just kind of following them now. And so, um, I think it's, it's just going to be so exciting and we're at a really exciting time where the media presence is matching the talent on the team. So, um, it would just be really, it would be fun. Like,
0: It'd I think be so they much fun.
1: deserve it and they are going to contend if they make it. And, um, I think everyone would just really love to see both teams out there uh, just showing that Canada is a basketball
0: country. Do you, do you think just the fact that Canada's made it to or might make it to four consecutive Olympics for the women's team is, you know, uh, kind of a product of where, you know, women's sport in this country is and also where the game is, but also that maybe on the horizon, hopefully there's a domestic league or uh, or even a wnba team that was obviously talked about like how important do you think that is for being maybe the next step of, of women's basketball in this country
1: yeah i mean it is a huge step but i do think that there's a lot of logistical things that go into canada not having a wnba team that people might not like realize um It's not just about the fact that Canada is ready. The talent is here. The fan base is here is whatever, you know, that we've known that for a while. I think it's more of the logistical and the business side now that needs to catch up. Um, So I don't think it would like, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't think it would convince them more one way or another. I do think that it's there. They just need to like realize and decide to make the team Um, in terms of showing where we're at for women's sports in this country. I mean, all of our Canadian women's programs, whether it's basketball, hockey, soccer, have been thriving for years. Um, and I think that, you know, I don't think it's going to prove anything more. But I do think that we're, again, we're at a point where the media is, um, I guess, giving them the, the attention that they finally deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that just needs to continue to be more consistent so that we can continue to prove that we're ready for more professional opportunities here. Um, and so, uh, I think it's just really nice now that people get to like watch them on, you know, television and that we're talking about it online and that there's an opportunity for people to follow these teams now, both the men's and the women's programs. Um, but we're seeing the rise of women's sports and I don't think it's anything new. I think that we're finally just giving them the platform that they have deserved for years.
0: Do you feel just as like, obviously, a woman in a very male dominated field that you see that kind of not just on the court or on the ice or on whatever, you know, on the field, but also in in the media, like some progress in terms of just for females?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do see the progress. It's still, there's still a lot to be done in terms of having more women representation um, and it is really hard being in Canada trying to cover women's sports when we don't have as many professional teams or leagues here um, but you know these opportunities to cover this women's team to cover the men's team in Canada to um, just share these athlete stories I think has um, grown a little bit and I think that if anything it's now like the Americans and the more mainstream media are try- are maybe taking us a little bit more seriously now and saying like, okay, like these Canadians, like, not just the players, but the media are also coming up. And, you know, there's potential there for more opportunities to share Mm -hmm. stories. So, um, you know, work's being done. And I've definitely seen the progress over the past couple of years. But like anything, there's still work to be done. And there's still things that happen that, you know, make us roll our eyes most days. But um, there's a lot more support, which is nice.
0: Nice. Awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I, I feel like I'd be remiss to, to talk, you know, obviously you cover the Raptors. Uh, Just what do you make of the the trades today? It seems like it, it will just be the Schroeder trade and then the Olenek trade, unless I missed something as we're recording. Yeah, I do
1: have to look. We missed the last couple of minutes here talking, but um, yeah. But- yeah. I mean, what do I make of them? I mean, the Olenek trade, I think, is very interesting. Um, It was, I think, Michael Grange who said today, you know, The Raptors are just prioritizing um, people who want, you know, to make Toronto a first destination. And I think the – I know we joke about them collecting Canadians, but I think that's a very smart tactic of getting these people who obviously know that Canada and Toronto in particular are basketball-minded communities and are going to bring the excitement because we know that this team isn't really going to contend for a couple of years. We need to generate excitement somehow. So I do like the idea of bringing these Canadian – Canadians in I do like the idea of um having these veterans um and so that trade makes a lot of sense to me you get a young player you get a veteran um I haven't really looked into the Dennis Schroeder one as much just because it happened during the game and so I was like oh, okay we'll deal with this later but um that was a little bit more interesting to me I, I wasn't convinced they were going to move sh- shorter and um I also didn't realized it was going to be to Brooklyn I thought if anything it would be like LA or something but um, that one's a little bit more interesting I'm curious if that is something that's more long term or just kind of a temporary move for now Um, and a little you know unless I go on my phone right now and see Bruce Brown has been moved but a little surprised that that didn't happen Um, but you know the clear move has been one rebuilding and two clearing cap space for free agency this summer and so I can see them being extremely active in free agency and Masai has said himself that he doesn't he doesn't like to operate at the trade deadline so them being sellers this this at this point isn't really
0: surprising what do you, what do you make of I just wanted to go on my phone just to to update you of Bruce Brown staying with the Raptors what do you make um, of that um
1: i think it's just a te- like i said a temporary move i think that they will end up moving him maybe in the summer uh to make space if they decide to get another free agent um a little shocking, but I do like him as a player and as a prospect. So I am excited to see him for the rest of the, the season. And maybe they do end up deciding, you know, maybe they weren't completely set on if they wanted to to keep him long-term or if they wanted to try and get more for him in the summer. So a little surprised, but, you know, not a bad thing.
0: Uh, lastly, what, what do you think, um, you know, do you think Scotty Barnes can be the best player on a championship team?
1: so give it a couple years you know see where it goes I do think that he's on if he keeps trending upwards like he is now I do think that he has the ability and uh they're they're putting the trust in him so you know I think the next few years will be really telling
0: yeah no I hope uh I hope they get some lottery luck maybe uh and then although it isn't supposed to be the greatest draft but we'll see but uh, it's at least Scotty Barnes is pretty fun and I think Kelly Olenek will be fun for you to to cover as well. Um, having covered him a little bit, uh, last summer. So he's, he's always fun to be around, but, uh, uh, thanks so much, Chelsea. Anyways, I want to give you the floors or anything at Raptors HQ and, and thanks so much for doing this, but anything you want to to plug?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're just, you know, going to be doing some, uh, trade deadline recap stuff at Raptors HQ now. And then now with the season kind of coming to an end, I really want to focus on, you know, building excitement for Canada and their Olympic run and, gonna be covering all of the women's games this week as well um so hoping to get a few little like fun things thrown in now that we're heading into the the wind down of the nba season uh so yeah follow along there
0: awesome well thanks so much chelsea for doing this i love your work and i really appreciate you uh, coming on the show
1: anytime